Hello, everybody. Hello. Hi, Eloise. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I am, I think, rather good this morning. It might have been a little bit of a rough start to the day, but it all um, panned out. <laughs> it all worked out. So, um, yeah, we're going to continue our little chat on manipulation and yeah. the ways in which we manipulate ourselves, we are manipulated, and we manipulate others. And these are the ways that can be um, more related to defensiveness, right? So, you know, we might want to manipulate someone into our own point of view and defend it. We would defend our own point of view in relationship to others. Um, before Eloise and I got on, we were having a, a discussion. I had some questions for Eloise. And, you know, it's kind of looking at Oh, look at how we are exploring this, looking at my own faulty uh, thinking, kind of. And as I was talking, I kind of went, oh, let's straighten this out, straighten that out. And Eloise supported me in kind of finding other ways. And we still ended up with questions, right? We still have some questions. Not everything was, yeah. was discovered. So to me, um, and I don't know if you agree with this, Eloise, but to have a discussion is to lay on the table your thinking. It could be faulty, but you have somebody else looking at it, supporting you in, or supporting me in understanding where my, my faulty thinking would be. And it's not to give me new concepts or ideas to believe in, but to see where it, it's faulty, where it's, because it, I wouldn't want to be looking for cognitive um what do you call it when when you're when you want people to agree with you you're in your own bubble right that's not yeah. that's not what what you want to be looking for you want to be looking for new new ideas so even and we were discussing science and you know there's scientific theories out there there are you know speculations there's ignorance in the world and we often pick up an idea run with it and we might have a lot of holes in that missing information and we need to keep um, studying, investigating. So, okay, that's great, which means we keep asking questions, right? So um, if I'm asking questions of my teacher and my teacher um, is helping me to see where my logic has gone awry, that's great. But I could also question my teacher to support my teacher and seeing where their logic has gone awry yeah and i'm sorry i always find when i'm teaching i learn so much because people are questioning what i'm presenting and then it either you know and sometimes you go oh yeah i've never thought about that do you know what i mean so you actually explore it as a collective it's quite interesting i adore it Right. I can't imagine teaching the same subject for what is it now? It's 2020. I started learning and, <laughs> and teaching this subject in 2005. So that's 15 years later, doing the same thing, exactly the yeah. same thing. What, what, what either I would be a staid individual or 
we're we're looking at things from a different perspective consistently because I really like that I can hear sort of the same thing but somebody worded it differently and it really yeah. so all of a sudden my my lights go and it's like wow I didn't see it quite that way and it really opens up new avenues right so even I think there's a big difference between a discussion that explores that there we don't have defenses we're not holding on to points of view but we're exploring a topic and opening it up um, I'm not going to go through everything that Eloise and I talked about but it was kind of fun I had fun kind of going oh but what's this and what's that and we were you know, we're kind of going yeah like what is that okay so um it was it, it was just kind of fun to do that I mean we we actually spent an hour talking about this. So obviously I'm hoping it was fun for you, Eloise. We were supposed to be recording. But an hour. But yeah, but it's it's fascinating to because you get to look at your own thoughts and your own assumptions and your own um how you piece something together. And don't and, you find it so cool to state and then you're like, Oh sorry. You no, know, it's just like, but then you see things, you're like, where did I get that from? Who told, do you know what I mean? You start to question it. It's like, it's fascinating. Yeah, where did I get it from? And did I accept it as it is? And did I ever question yeah. it? And did I ever speak it out loud in its fullest uh, form, let's say? So, because we're, we hear things and then we could either regurgitate what the person said, or we could start to formulate our own ideas, likely, most likely what? most of us do is hear something and it either <clears throat> disagrees with what we already believe and we could go into a defense or it's um it agrees with what we believe so we're in our own little bubble it's like oh i listen to them because i agree with them i listen to yeah. this person or that person because i agree so yeah. that's that's kind of interesting i really like listening to people who you know portray their own viewpoint and you agree with some of it you disagree with with other parts of it which is a lot of fun because you're like well wait a minute i disagree with that because here's here's another form of logic and you could actually talk with them you know and say oh okay um this is how how i'm seeing it and they might even question themselves or um support you to question yourself now, even things that you agree with, it's like, okay, I agree with that, but have I thought it through? It's only until you speak it out loud, whether you know what you're, to know what you're actually thinking, because we're not clear in our heads. Yeah. Like you can have a, a an idea in your head, but until it's verbalized, it's not, it's not clear. You don't know what it is you think. Like I hear, so this is what I wanted to, that, that keeps popping up. We have slogans. Like, slogans. We, we Just do. do we have these really weird <laughs> slogans. Like, and, and I've noticed over the, the, um, this period too, I don't know why, could just be me, that I've been attracting slogans and i think it's because i'm questioning um how i perceive things during this period i'm questioning what's going on and i've noticed that i'm given a slogan like so give us an example yeah an example is um well we don't know what's going to happen 
once we start to go back to work and how we're going to adapt, uh, you know, let's say wearing face masks or gloves or all of this stuff that's being posited. And I hear people say, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. That's a slogan. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay is a slogan, right? It's all going to be all right. Yeah. And it's Stay calm, carry on. It's, yeah. it's kind of like that book, <laughs> There's No Such Thing as Dragons, right? If you if you haven't read it, um, I highly recommend. It's a child's book. I've turned around. I'm sorry. I'm looking for the book. Yeah. Where You've is gone the away. Book? Well, not How to Train Your Dragon. That's one of my favorite films. No, this is There Is No <laughs> Such Thing as Dragons. Totally. Oh, where is my little I'm gonna look that up for my nephew? Okay, so anyway, the story is that this child wakes up and sees a dragon, and the mother keeps saying, There's no such thing as dragons. And then the dragon starts to eat the, all the child's breakfast, and, and <laughs> now he's hiding from his mother that, oh. that he sees a dragon because the mother keeps saying, There's no such thing as a dragon. So the dragon goes from this tiny thing on his bed to now he's. <laughs> the size of the breakfast so table, eating all of his yeah. breakfast, and the dragon keeps growing, right? It's growing and growing. It grows so big. Now the mother's saying, there's no such thing as a dragon, but she is vacuuming the house and lifting the dragon's tail while she said, there's no such thing as a dragon. I mean, that has Brilliant. to be the best, right? The best. I'm, now, I'm ordering this book now. Okay, now the dragon. <laughs> my nephews. Uh, it's so good. And then the dragon is now um, oozing from the house, right? Its head is coming up. And finally, the dragon lifts up and runs away with the house. So the child and the mother are in the house. And the father comes home and looks and says, where's the house? And he says, well, it's run, the house? it's run down the street. And he goes down the street. And, uh, you know, the mother says, well, you know, I guess there's such things as dragons, right? And <laughs> she finally caves in. She finally caves in. And in the course, but what's so interesting is what do you think happens to the dragon? Oh, I don't know. Well, I know, the more you ignore a problem, the bigger it gets. Oh, so, is he? I thought you meant actually at the end of the story, something happened to the dragon. It does. It shrinks <laughs> down. Oh, it just shrinks down. So, it so it just shrinks back down. Excellent, right? Because oh, they're because this. I mean, obviously, yeah. the story is about there are dragons in our lives. Yeah, tons okay. of dragons, and the more you ignore the dragon, so so to me, slogans like "There's no such yeah. thing as a dragon," like that's a slogan. There's no such thing as dragons, but but there's imagery in the world. There's there's understanding that there are archetypal patterns. There are such thing as dragons. Sorry, guys. Now, if yeah. you're, you're going to be literal and it's an actual dragon, okay, there's the Komodo yeah. dragon. But when it comes down to it, there are such things as dragons and they will grow really big the more you ignore them, mm. the more you avoid them. And that's what we're doing so often in our manipulations is we're actually avoiding the dragons of our lives. Um, it, there's also Rilke said, maybe the dragons of our lives are princesses and princesses, princes and princesses looking for <laughs> our attention. Yeah. I probably, you know, ruined the quote, but 
um, you know, that there, there's another way of looking at it. There is something seeking our attention. It could be quite lovable, but we manipulate ourselves out of it. So for example, if I think I am an unlovable person, my dragon would be the part of me that believes I'm lovable. Mm. So I would look for anything that would manipulate situations, um, yeah. events, into ways in which I am unlovable so that I could avoid seeing that beautiful part of me that is lovable. Why would we do that? I'm sure many people are saying, why would anyone do such a thing? Well, when you're a child and you know, you're, you're growing up and you are, well, it could be anywhere from a look or a withdrawal of attention that to mm -hmm. abuse, to physical abuse, right? There's emotional abuse as well. So you can run the gamut between two extremes, right? Of different forms of the ways in which a child is told this part of you is not lovable. And you may adapt. So let's say in this particular example, you adapt the, let's say the, 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 the identity of I am not lovable and anything that would be lovable is put in the unconscious. Why would we do that? Well, if I am aware of all the things that are not lovable in me, I am safe from any disapproving eye. Oh, yeah. Right? So if I keep saying this is bad, that's bad. Of course, as you grow up, it's not working. It makes a mess because you, let's say it's a woman, she goes out and meets a man. And, you know, of course, when you fall in love, the veil of rose-colored glasses falls before your eyes <laughs> and all you see in the other is a reflection of the beauty within yourself. That's all you see. You see all of your lovability. But problematic as time goes by, that's not, that's not reality. Things change. Like at the beginning, you might see each other all the time. Then all of a sudden, uh, he doesn't text you. All of a sudden, you can't meet up that night. Uh, okay, he doesn't smell as good today. <laughs> you know, yeah, he's, he's not treating you exactly the way he did when you first started dating. Like, you know, he's totally absorbed by your eyes. Now he's absorbed by his work. Uh, maybe some computer stuff, maybe some television. Maybe, if, you know, he's got to go off with the guys and play uh, hockey or whatever it is. Now you're getting into normal life. The, the, the rose-colored veil falls to the ground and now the old patterns come back that you learned in childhood and yeah. those patterns are all well he did this so that means i better not do that so you start to become skittish right this is i'm just describing a particular way not not everyone would be like this but you know you become skittish when it comes to certain behaviors uh you you pull away so when i was young um the, the modeling that I learned was to be the perfect woman. So, you know, making sure like one of the stupidest things that I did was I'd start to date a guy. And I said, if I gain a pound, I, I leave. The, I, I won't stay with you. And then all of a sudden I would gain a pound and I go, all right, no, no, no. I gained a pound. And they're like, well, wait a minute, we could work with, I'm, no, I gained a pound. I got to go off on my own and uh, go back on my diet. Right. It was like I had to be absolutely perfect because then everything would spiral. Right. Just spiral. Um, 
Yeah, it was it was hilarious. I mean, I, there were just yeah. so many stupid things that I did to be this perfect person, right? Because yeah. that that was the modeling I learned. You got to be perfect. You got to hide who you are. So you know, eventually, I went off and said, "I'm not going to date anyone till I can, you know, just be myself." You know, just just whatever that is. You know, not not control yeah. myself. Not not look for this superficial identity crap. And I did it, you know, I did it. And I have this relationship where, yeah, I'm just me. <laughs> just <Yeah. myself. laughs> uh, not that I could ever be anybody else other than myself, but not uh, fulfill an identity. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's way, oh my God, life is so much easier because life gets, you know, you can have other difficulties in life that, that fall on, on you. So, I can imagine if I was if I was that person, that young girl who thought everything had to be perfect, you had to be the perfect weight, you had to be the perfect this, perfect that, you know. And then you go through menopause, you the menopausal blowout of of, of all of your hormonal system and uh, the changes in your sexuality, the changes in oh my God, I can go on a diet now, and it's it's so hard to lose weight. I even had some friends who were like Terrianne, you know. You got to get this under control. And I said, I'm dieting, man. I'm dieting. It's just not coming off. There's a yeah. lot more imbalanced in the system than just a just a food thing. And uh, some of my friends then went through menopause and they, they tend to call me up and go, oh, my God, it's so hard. I'm like, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. And I, it's not not everyone. But please, everyone, just because you go through menopause doesn't mean you're going to have the same issues as I do everyone's got a different hormonal dysregulation or regulation that it can occur um, in their, their bodies. Right. So, yeah. you know, we're all individuals. I'm just saying that the, it's just kind of uh, ironic that the very people who are like, get a grip on yourself, you know, uh, <laughs> turn around and write, Oh my God, you can hardly eat anything and you still won't lose the weight. And I'm like, yeah, cause it's a, it's not a food thing. Right. It's a, yeah. it's a hormonal thing. So I'm kind of like, it's kind of, it's just really just funny but please please everyone if you go through menopause it could be very pleasant for you and the more you're doing your energy work you know it could be extremely pleasant but um as Eloise one of my friends had absolutely one of my friends had absolutely no symptoms in quotes going through the menopause I've heard of a lot of people having no symptoms you know they come through it and you know um don't even notice yeah you know, it's going to, I think it's going to depend just on so many things, right? Of yeah, course, we know that. Yeah. We know that. We know that it, it depends on genetics. It depends on, you know, um, I, I've had weight issues all my life, you know, so I think that makes it different. Um, I think it's kind of shocking for people who haven't had weight issues. They're very shocked <laughs> by their bodies because they didn't have any, you know. So it's like, well, you know, you know it happens when the hormones... But I've never had weight issues yet. So, well, now you do. <laughs> you <know>? um, <laughs> Yay. It, it's really interesting because I've noticed that uh, I haven't done the tests yet, but I think I, I sense um, that there's a little bit of improvement in my, because I had zero, well, mostly zero hormones, uh, sex hormones running through my body. So it's going to be interesting to see if I've, you know, started that up again. You know, just getting that to work out um, with, you know, through 
through diet, through vitamins, through gut brain repair, and also by taking using, you know, the the uh, creams, you know, for yeah. estrogen cream and progesterone cream. And I found a really good, um, good product. So that's been interesting to see that if I don't take that or put the cream on, I noticed right away, right? Yeah. So lots of cool stuff that, that we can do. So I just want to point out, you know, don't get on the, you know, get on and say, yes, but, you know, is, is menopause that bad, et cetera. And it's not bad for everyone. A lot of people get through it quite nicely. Mm. A lot of people. I mean, there's a huge uh, population out there and there's so many variations on what's going on. Um, so manipulations is what we're, we're talking about. I think maybe why am I, why am I uh, tuning into that people would take that to an extreme? Well, again, it's, it's using information to manipulate yourself, right? That's a good way to, to point it out. We can often listen to information. We might intuit, ah, there's something to that that could help me. Or yeah. we're, you know, going into our own fear mongering and saying, oh my God, what if this and what if that happens to me? So that's what we call masochistic fantasy, right? We have these fantasies that, you know, look at the future and see terrible things. Gurdjieff, um, posited that um, all of these thoughts that we have in our head are ridiculous even to connect to. Hmm. You know, and when I was, when I was young, it's like, really, really, really? Yeah. And it took me so many, so many, so many years to realize all my thoughts are ridiculous. <laughs> Which is, and let's not forget, thinking is very different from, you know, thinking about your thoughts. That's different analyzing thoughts that's different mm -hmm. than thinking so thinking is what the mind was used for but when you say you're thinking but you're mulling over your thoughts well you're just thinking about your thoughts you're analyzing your thoughts why would you analyze a thought like the sun is shining today why would you analyze and think about that thought mm. well, oh because we're 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 engaged with them so oh my god that was so stupid that thing i did well, now we engage in, oh my God, I think I'm stupid. I shouldn't think I'm stupid, blah, blah, blah. Now you're in, you know, this spell that the thoughts have over you. Yeah. And that's that's part of the, well, why we would look within. I need to look within. So there is the I am, that's me having this experience here why in heaven's name would i listen to my thoughts at all yeah so it goes back to what i what i said earlier when you were talking about being in class and you know the students asking questions well i find the most powerful part of that is that the student asks a question and we need to think it through by speaking it yeah. So let's say I speak something to the class. Sometimes what I've said may not sound like it did in my head. I, and I noticed that through recordings. So sometimes I can hear myself on a recording and go, wow, that was a really clear thought. I really put that thought, I, I, you know, well, 
it's not the thought exactly, but it's the it's the thinking, it's the ideas, it's the actual work involved in thinking something through properly, mm. what the mind was designed for. And we have to do that. We have yeah. to do that here in public live. Yeah, you know, this is not rehearsed. <laughs> uh, this is not edited. We don't even edit. We don't do anything. We just go on and do it. Yeah, right? it's like Who a stream knows? of I, consciousness. <laughs> it's stream of consciousness. So you know, we could go back and listen to it and, and cringe. I'm, I'm, I'm certain there would be a lot of things I'd cringe at. Is it, you know, with, without being challenged with an audience um, speaking directly to us and, and questioning can often, um, you know, can often be difficult. Of course, Eloise and I have each other uh, to, to, feed off of and say, well, wait a minute, that didn't make sense. That doesn't sound right. I disagree with that, whatever is going on, so we can think properly. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Thinking properly, not thinking about thoughts. Thoughts are different than thinking properly. It's so different. Yeah. There's also something here about not judging as well, like self when you're talking. Well, that's thoughts again, right? Yeah. So those judgments are just a bunch of thoughts and that's a spell. So, so we tend to, that again is like a, a, a slogan, I think. Yeah. It, I, didn't, I never perceived it that way before, by the way, Eloise. So really thank you so much because judgment is huge and we say it over and over again. You know, stop judging, don't judge yourself. We say it over and over again. But maybe, maybe, I'm speculating now because I haven't thought this through. It just got catalyzed. Hey, we're demonstrating but, what we're talking about. Yeah, maybe it's just a slogan we use on ourselves. And we're not really looking at, well, wait a minute, stop judging. Well, okay. But what we're really doing is we have a bunch of thoughts. Whether they're judgmental positively or negatively doesn't really matter. Yeah. Because judgmental is not just a negative thought. You could just say things that are positive. Oh, you're so beautiful. And, you know, somebody's got a deformity and you know yeah you're beautiful inside you have a beautiful character but physically you know you're not beautiful mm. you know and people will say yes you are come on don't don't be so condescending to think when somebody walks around and they're told they're ugly by people uh people comment and whisper because they've got a deformity that you're going to sit around and say but you're beautiful anyway what's that going to do for the individual Right. So, so, so when I was, when I was thin, my body was commented on fat, my body is com commented <laughs> on. So who cares? Which one's more beautiful? It, 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 what is it? What is it? It doesn't really matter. But when it's judgmental, it's like, wow, your body's so beautiful, Terry Ann. It's so this, it was a lot of stress yeah. to keep it in that condition to, to keep fulfilling a thought is very different from I'm just living. Somebody walks up to me, which I have this really good story. I was on an airplane and my belly was all sticking out and I'm trying to put on the seatbelt. And there's a little kid eight years old next to me. He goes, it's cause you're fat. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I just looked at him and you know, I was like, oh. And then I went, I looked at him and started laughing. I go, you're right kid, yeah. Sure, he's just stating what's there. 
It's, yeah. it's that the adult would kind of go, you're not supposed to say that. But I thought it was funny. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's oh, just know, an observation, funny. isn't it? There's no judgment. It's, it's just like... Yeah. And he's, he's looking at me struggling and, and I guess he, you know, I'm kind of thinking, what was he thinking? Like, how's she going to get that on? And they went, oh, it's because you're fat. That's why it doesn't Yeah, he's trying to problem solve. That's what men do. He's <laughs> trying to problem solve. You know, so it was... So I, and I mean, I was just so relieved that yeah. because um, that's happened many times. I was, I was before I had, you know, really lost a lot of weight when I was young. This kid said, you have a really big bum. Yeah. And uh, whether he meant it negative, he lay on it after, you know. Oh, yeah, we obviously watching, liked it. Yeah. We were, yeah, he lay on it and he was punching it and stuff. So he kind of liked it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe, I don't know. Uh, or he was criticizing it. I don't know. It, but who cares? But yeah. I remember feeling really hurt. Oh, so, okay. so these two events, I remember really well. This is when I was 21 years old. He said that. And I still can remember that, <laughs> that I had been hurt. I don't feel it. I don't feel it now, obviously. But I can yeah. remember that I did feel, feel hurt. I can't remember the feeling. Yeah. But this kid on the airplane... I mean, it's such a good, funny story, but right? Then, in it's, a way, and it, it was yeah. it, it was a turning point in my life where I realized, hey, I'm not attached to my identities anymore. Yeah, it, yeah. it's just making yeah. a statement of their spot, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fun. So it's, fun. It's, it's it's just fine. It's like it doesn't. It, this is your body. This is what it's doing. I don't need to defend my body. Yeah, like why it's doing it. I don't need to defend myself. It's just like, well, I'm figuring it out. Yeah. Right? They're I'm just not, figuring so, it out. Yeah. They're not judging, like the kids, they weren't judging you. You weren't judging them saying it. No. It's just. But the... there, in one story, there was judgment about myself going, yes, it yeah. is, and I should be about. And the other, that was, yeah. you know, when I was younger. And this is, uh, I don't know, 10, 10 years ago or or more where this kid said and I'm laughing my head off. Yeah. Right? It's just it's just so funny. It's not, it like breaks the social mores, you know, and it, it did so many things that I just thought were funny. But I'm not engaged with the thoughts that identify me as something because the only way we could judge ourselves is saying that there's an ideal we think we should be. Mm. There has to be an ideal, doesn't there? Well, does there? I, but there's yeah, a society. Yes. Maybe there's a society ideal. No, I, I, I no that yeah. I would disagree. There, there are societal ideals, but I, you don't necessarily accept the societal ideals. It's the ideals we have in our head that tell us we should be a certain way. That's the ideal. Yeah. Even behavior, you should act like, you know, my favorite example is growing up in Montreal. In my day, it was ruled by white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. It was like the, la you know, the English bastion. <laughs> yeah. I was the, like the little rare Greek in the neighborhood, you know. <laughs> you weirdo. <laughs> I was, you yeah. know, everybody was, was Smith and Mc McGillicuddy and, uh, Blah, blah, blah. So Scottish, Irish, and English. I mean, that's yeah. what was here. And then you had Nikitas. Yeah. They call, you you Nick, Nick, they call you Nicodudis, Nicodides, you know, like. 
Uh, even my best friends called my mother Mrs. Nikineth. Nikineth. Like, yeah. Nikineth. Like, it's Nikineth. And their name wasn't easy. Yeah. Their name was a really difficult name. Right. So, so it was just interesting that, you know, here you had, um, you know, this very English, English neighborhood. So, you know, the ideal was narrow hips. Yeah. Right. There's a, you know, you could wear a little turtleneck and a tartan skirt. With my wide hips, putting on a tartan skirt, <laughs> yeah. a pleated skirt, you know, it's not that I was super fat or anything, but still, it just didn't look right. <laughs> it just did not look right. It you made the most of the hips, yeah. Yeah, it's like, I don't think you've seen Sophia Loren historically in a tartan skirt. <laughs> That's not what Sophia Loren would wear. Right? Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, but for me, it was the ideal till, you know, you started noticing there were Sophia Lorenz and Raquel Welsh's in the world. And you went, well, oh, OK, so I'm more like that. And oh, those are the kinds of clothes I would wear. Yeah. But wow, it was it was tough. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy being that 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 person with the the wide hips, et cetera. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah, fascinating, fascinating uh, to look at. So there could be a society ideal, but you're the one who has to accept it. Yeah. So there was a societal ideal. Uh, you looked at, oh, okay, that's the ideal. Then you rejected the ideal. I rejected it. I went, oh, okay, there's other things out there to mm. be like, to dress like. And, um, and you were pressured by society. Like, you know, the, the, the men wouldn't date you. So you had to go within your own culture to date right yeah you know, which is fine you know I, I don't think it's a bad thing or a good thing but if you're like the only one in the community you know you're you're not going to be dating uh like everyone else right <laughs> you can't date yourself we're <laughs> <laughs> not that you know when you're a kid though too you're thinking everybody's dating and everybody's got boyfriends and you look back and go yeah, you were all pretty much in the same canoe, but you thought it was so different because <laughs> you look different. I mean, it's really all about the, the, the conflict that exists only exists in your mind. You know, and when you when you sit and you, you learn to think properly, you know that your only conflict exists in your mind. Yes, there can be a war going on. You perceive that conflict. But it's because of the conflicts in the mind that create the conflict. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, if you don't have a conflict, well, you're not going to perceive a conflict. I, I, you know, that's too simple uh, a statement, but it's very clear that we need to, as human beings, work at grassroots not to have our own conflicts. I, to me, that's the only way we're going to come to a place where we can all live together. Yeah. But of course, I don't expect that everyone's going to figure this out, right? They, they, you know, this is very Socratic. It's uh, based in, there's, there's the Indian Advaita Vedanta. There's, there's Socrates, Advaita Vedanta. Not every, every place in the world is even looking towards this kind of thinking. Yeah. But there was always a person noticing the conflict, like Dostoevsky's... Um, book notes from the underground i mean you, you read that and you see your own mind 
And if you don't see your own mind, then you're not looking clearly enough. You've probably got a bunch of slogans going on and, and <laughs> believing maybe the only the positive. Yeah. But you look at your own mind, you look at your vengefulness, your your resentments. I mean, why are I, I love vengeance movies? I, I love them. <laughs> I think it's so much fun that the guy who killed your kid, you go and kill oh, it's, yeah. it's cool. Why do we humans like that? Why do we like that? Yeah. You know, a woman who is beaten by her husband and escapes. And then he finds her. Yeah. But she has now trained herself in karate or whatever and can beat him up. <laughs> yeah. You know, I like it. I like it. Yeah, I like no, it. it's, a, it's a fun tale, isn't it? It, yeah. it is. It Although is it always fun. makes me think of Dexter. Yes, there's it, Dexter. Well, I, there's, yeah. There's, yeah. There's a fine line, right? Yeah. <laughs> I've only watched the first series, so yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't watched that much, but enough to know that there's a final. Yeah, <laughs> there's, but it's there's like a final. The well, serial right, killer like, of serial killers. It's like it's fascinating. Right, yeah. <laughs> it is fascinating. It's well, it's all about vigilantism, right? It's yeah. you know, do we have this social contract and laws that are in place so that we don't go, go around just killing people? Because we know that my viewpoint of some other person if i don't like what they did i think that they have wronged me and i go and get rid of them this isn't this is not going to work we need we need someone else looking in on us right you need yeah. a judge you need a jury you need somebody to go well, wait a minute hang on let's you think <laughs> person a thinks they're right and person b thinks they're right mm. Now, you you can't just have them going out and fighting it out. Yeah, it just it, it's because our defense mechanisms, uh, our defenses, our our triggers, our overreactions, our identities, all this stuff that we believe in, um, is is so powerful. It can occlude our vision as to the other. We don't see how they're justified. I mean, this goes, this manipulation goes on all the time. I, in tarot, you know, I can be asked, will justice be served in this court case? Well, that's a, a silly question because I'll, you know, I'll look at it and go, yes, justice will be served. <laughs> and the person will say, great, I'm going to win. It's like, well, no, that's not what I said. <laughs> I said justice will be served, but you're not going to win the court case. And like, but I'm, I was wrong. They're like, supposedly you were wrong according to you, mm. but the other person feels wronged as well. And that's the problem is you feel wronged. Yeah. And being wronged isn't a feeling. It's something that either happened or didn't happen. And your perspective on the, on the issue, you know, somebody uh, grows a flower bush a little close to your property and you want to go shoot him. Well, no. You know, you got to go to court and see where the property line is. Mm. And all you do is move the rose bush. That's that's the end of. Yeah. You know, or somebody grows a rose bush and you say, well, you have it on my property. Now that part is mine. I cut those roses. And your neighbor might go, absolutely wonderful. That's fine. Let's do that. Yeah. You know, it, you, you, you never know how things can work out. But when you think it's your point of view, um, is the correct one well you're 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 cognitively dissonant right people constantly ask me why did so and so do this 
Well, you can't put yourself in the shoes of the other. You consider what they're doing is evil. It may or may not be evil. It may be based on their own suffering and their own cognitive dissonance and their own perception. Yeah. And say, but it's my father. Or this, it's my child. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter if it's your neighbor and it doesn't matter if it's a close relative. Like, I have so many questions of why, you know, certain parents do what. Yeah. Sure. But when you look at it, you go, well, whatever they suffered, this is how they've come out as a human being. And they never sat back to think about whether they're doing things. So again, back to no such thing as dragons. You know, a parent can be doing an awful thing to a child and they're not looking to see where the dragons are. The child knows the parent is a dragon. The child knows that. Yeah. But the parent hasn't figured it. Like this mother in the story, she's, she's the dragon as well. Telling her child there's no such thing as dragons. Oh, yeah. Of course there's such thing as dragons. <laughs> you know, a kid is terrified of, of going to school because they might be beaten up and then they say, what's there to be afraid of? Well, you're afraid. Yeah. It's, it's freaking scary. It's really scary. And you know you could be killed. Mm. You know that if you're, you're walking, you know, along and some bully in the school pushes you, you know you could break your face. Yeah. You know, what What kind of thing is that for a parent to say? You know, there's nothing to worry about. Of course, there's something to worry about. I've already skinned my knee and blood has come out. What, what could happen to me next? Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm too afraid to go on the monkey bars because they push you. Because you could smash your head open. Yeah. Like, I mean, what is, <laughs> Practical. You know. <laughs> I didn't want to go swimming because every time I went, someone dipped me under the water and held me there. I'm like, I could die. <laughs> exactly. Uh, th this is a very, I think this is really important because kids know they could die. Yeah. They're small and they're fragile. You know you can die. And of course, with, it, you know, with parents, if they're physically abusive, that also is huge. You're living with a dragon. And then, and then of course, not everyone's physically abusive, but you have emotionally abusive and that's a dragon as well. Yeah. So we know there are a ton of dragons out there. Um, we can't keep looking at someone else to face their dragons because they may not do it. That's that's clear. Yeah. That's clear by you know um, you know do we want to face our dragons you know or do we keep pointing the finger pointing the finger outside and saying it's them it's them it's them mm. you know the, the closer we get to it's me it's me it's me and i, I you know I, I speak like this and i still feel as though i'm 15 years old talking to my best friend at the time and she would always say to me no the government has to and i would say no it's you and me yeah. it's grassroots it's got to start with you and me i don't want a government dictating how I should live my life. I don't want the government deciding. I decide. Yeah. I am the individual who makes my decisions for me. I don't want to be forced to do something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there was a there was a time I believed, you know, you could dump garbage and the, the earth is going to take care of it. Then I believed, oh my God, I gotta save the planet. And of course, you know, 
I, I saw how many people didn't even care about about the planet. Yeah. And um, people who would scream and yell about saving the planet wouldn't actually uh, like I had I had a business that would help reduce packaging. Yeah. And and they didn't care. Yeah. They cared more about, you know, the products they wanted to use. And it really shifted my I didn't say anybody was right or wrong. I said, maybe the planet can take care of things and maybe there are other ways that that we can take care of things when they if necessary, like I don't want to go to a beach and, and, you know, swim around in, in plastic bags. So we need a way to clean this out. I don't want to, um, you know, live in a city where you can't breathe. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't want the whole planet to be, you know, polluted. So we need to do things about this. Certainly. And there has to be really effective ways to, use garbage but i i feel like you know we really have not found effective ways you know right now i still um i'm not sure of all the statistics of where all the recycling goes but from you know some of the reports i've read it it, it doesn't it doesn't get used it still goes to a landfill so yeah oh that's fine that's fine it gets goes into a landfill and and the earth is going to take care of it. It's going to be used. It'll become the fossil fuels of the future. Yeah. Um, and if we don't like that, I mean, we still know that, uh, you know, all of the planet uh, can, if we all stand side by side, we fit on Vancouver Island. So, you know, the planet is in by no means, you know, inhabited by tons of people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people always complain about the UK. Um, Did I? You know, and, and how there's no space. And I'm like, uh, just go for a drive in the UK, please. Go for a drive <laughs> into the country and go for a walk and you'll see all these beautiful parks and fields and homes. All these beautiful. Yeah. I, think it's, I think it's gorgeous. I think it's beautiful. And, you know, you sit around and talk about how little land there is. Yeah, but it's not occupied every square foot by people. Yeah. It's just not. They have really small, you know, teeny weeny houses. <laughs> so we don't take up much room. So we can have lots of trees and greenness. <laughs> yes, you can, right? Really have lots of beautiful trees and green, etc. Well, my darlings, I do have to go off and um, live and uh, do, do work. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll continue our discussion next week. Yeah, perfect. Thanks. Alrighty. So have a wonderful week. Love you, Eloise. Have a good one. Yeah, take care. Ciao.